You're listening to the Protecting Your Practice podcast with your hosts, attorney Dan Mayer and licensed counselor, Melissa Westner. Dan is not your attorney and Melissa is not your therapist, but they're here to help you cross your T's and dot your I's as they talk about all the things you wish you had learned in grad school. And now here are your hosts. Hi there and welcome back. Today, Dan and I are super excited to be talking with Su Meng. Su is actually an employee at my office, LifeSpring Counseling Services here in Maryland. She's a licensed graduate professional counselor who graduated from Johns Hopkins University, but I'm not going to tell you any more than that because Su will be filling us in on that information very soon. Yeah. And I, you know, as always, I want to welcome you also personally to the podcast. Uh, we had a little chance to chat before we started recording and uh, discuss things. And um, it's just awesome to have you here. I think it's just really cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa and Dan. And um, also, I really appreciate that, Melissa, you pronounced my name uh, <laughs> very well. I think that was, you know, one of the challenges I came to this country. I come from China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I come to a new country. I, I come to a new career. So uh, everything's new here for me. Oh, let me introduce myself first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Su Meng, but in China, my name is Meng Su because, you know, the first name, uh, the given name comes last and the family name comes first. And so before I came to this career to become a mental health counselor, uh, I spent um, uh, six years as a journalist and editor. And then I worked in um, rural community building in China for four years. So that was like a whole decade before I came to this profession. Yes. Well, and as you know, um, you know, there's a video that we shared on our Facebook page where you were talking a little bit about your past career and kind of the path that you took to become a counselor. And Dan reached out to me. He was like, we need to have her on the podcast. Like, That's so cool. So that is one of the reasons that you're here today. Um, and also, let, let me just say, so Madison at our office said, Melissa, do you know that Sue has a button on her LinkedIn profile with the pronunciation? And that was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, that is so cool. Um, mm-hmm. So that was very helpful. That's also on your on on your guys um, page, the practice page as well, because I was happy yeah. to look at your profile. Not that, you know, just because just wanted to get a little more background and I saw it was there and I listened to it. And I thought that was really cool. Like it is. And I thought, Are they doing that for everybody? And I was like, no, that's really <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thank you, Madison. Yes. So that was very cool. But we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about some of these things today. So can you tell us a little bit about, so you started out in one career, clearly a change has happened. Um, You made a transition. What led you from your first career on over into making the decision to enter the field of counseling and to pursue those studies? Mm, Yeah, I feel like really not just one career. I had two careers. Yeah, I was a a journalist. I was was journalist and the editor in uh, environmental protection. So that was a very different field. And then I went to rural development area, and then I came to this area. I think what really, uh, when you look at the careers, all the different jobs, you see that 
um, jumping from different areas. But for me, although the first career going into environmental protection, it was kind of was not something I was really a plan for. But I realized the more I get deeper into my um, into a field, I begin to really explore what I'm interested in and what I'm good at. And I want I, I just want always wanted to go deeper and investigate. So that's why I really, really loved my career as a journalist and editor. I loved writing, I loved the interview. But then I felt like I wanted to do something, not just uh, hearing stories, collecting information. I wanted to practice and I wanted to get into the reality through interacting with you know, with, with, yeah, with experiences with people, because mm-hmm. uh, I recognize that's a very different way to experience things. So I went mm-hmm. into one area that I felt that was the one of the most um, problematic, most um, the social injustice problem in the rural development. That is one area. Another area is the education. I think those two areas. Uh, is where you find the most uh, social injustice problems in China. So I went into rural development, and I had the opportunity to um, to learn about uh, people from different social economic um, backgrounds and their struggle. But after several years there, I still feel like I was not in the core. Mm-hmm. I was not touching the core. And all the interactions, all the experiences with people struggling and their maybe their financial or their, you know, their life situations, I began to realize that the mental, the really the inner, the quality of their inner world uh, plays such a big role in terms of, you know, how confident they are to look for um, help to look for resources, to be creative, and to create a quality life for themselves and for their, their community. So I feel like I really was following my curiosity, following a question that's been asking myself, what is the most meaningful? What is meaningful uh, for me? So I guess that's, uh, yeah, that's my spiritual journey too. I, I think this is, a, I, I see this career change as my own a journey of life, and I see career as part of my life. So I'm not looking for what is something I want to work, uh, what is something that I want to do as a as a job. I'm looking for something that I that can integrate into my life that really serves the purpose of my life. And I think finally I come down to mental health counseling. Sorry, that was a long answer. No. That's a good answer. I have noticed, though, there's an underlying theme there, which is that, and that ties into the very last point you just made just now, which is that you didn't just go from one thing to another, um, you know, you know, like, you know, it's not like you're going from like, you know, playing a sport to then doing this to doing something else. In fact, actually, the three positions we're talking about where you're working as a journalist and you're working um, out in the field, essentially, with these rural communities, and now that you're being a practitioner, what I see the underlying theme is that there's a these are opportunities in which you are basically really connecting with people, but also you're providing a service. You're actually providing a 
critical need um, service to, to help people, whether it's helping people with providing information and stories, or whether it's actually helping people in the, the field or in, in these rural communities, or now that you're with LifeSpring, that you're actually working as a therapist, actually helping people with their problems in their own lives. So I see there's a really a connection between all those three things. Yeah. And I, of course, love hearing that, you know, there's purpose behind it, right? I love the line, I followed my curiosity, right? And the work that I'm doing is there because of the purpose and the meaning and the way that it fits into my life. So tell us how you decided to take the leap, right? You're in your last position, but not only did you decide, hey, I'm going to enter into the mental health field, you were like, hey, I'm going to go to a different country and study in an entirely new country. How did you get from point A to point B? Yeah, actually, after I quit my after I quit my last job, I didn't really have a plan. I was thinking about I was feel like really romantic when I was when I look back. I wanted to use the money, the small amount of money that I saved, to travel around the world to you know um, coach uh, couch sur- surfing, something like that. And I wanted to be a writer because I've always been very, very passionate uh, with writing. And um, I just wanted to go back to, you know, I in the past, I used to travel and I used to write during my I travel. Mm-hmm. So I love that mental status that so I can write freely. So I wanted mm-hmm. to go from there and explore my opportunities for, you know, future career. But uh, back then, I, uh, my ex-boyfriend, um, we had a conversation and uh, he, uh, he shared with me some ideas and he suggested me look into this career. And honestly, at that point, I don't even think that I've never heard, I've ever heard about mental health counseling as a profession, you know, in China, back in China. And uh, of course, there was this profession in China, but not many people know about this profession. Yeah. So I began to look into some training, um, you know, some videos, people talking about uh, what kind of person, what kind of motives that uh, make you a good therapy or make you a bad therapist. So I'm kind of trying to compare and see whether this is a good fit for me. And the more I learn about this profession and the more I feel like, yeah, this is something I'm interested in. And it also so much resonate with my own curiosity like i like writing i think with writing you really need to look into the complexity of human experiences and that resonates with counseling right and you 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 have to be non-judgmental otherwise you you won't have curiosity and so and also the emotional world is so yeah it's so complex and full of life stories very unique personal stories so I began to explore this profession and I was looking at three options to pursue this profession. One is to uh, go to some long-term training in China. The other one is to pursue a master's degree in this field in China. And the other one is to pursue a master's degree in the U.S. Yeah. So I looked into all the three paths and eventually I decided to come to the U.S. And I think that will be the most challenging way, um, you know, most challenging for me. Uh, especially considering the cultural difference, the financial stress, and the, the language barrier. Um, but I don't know. I've, I feel like the more I learn about this profession, the more I feel like 
I wanna, I wanna give it a try. So you took on the challenge. Yeah, I did. I right now I I can still remember. Yeah, how how much hard work you know I put into this. I had to pass the GRE mm-hmm. within the GRE test within, I think a month. It was crazy. I study sixteen hours, seventeen hours a day. Wow, um, just for the test. Yeah. I think it's also impressive that you went on your own and found videos and read on things about, you know, this path of being a therapist, being in the, in the mental health world as a, as, a, as a clinician on your own. And you kind of invented yourself, essentially, to see that this was the right option for you. And that's then you and then you went and then you did it. Right. And then you made that jump. And all of a sudden, like you just said, you you did the cherry and you know like one month and you were studying 16 and 17 hour days i mean that's commitment that's really impressive so a question i have for you is you know once you decided to you know this is where you're going to come to america you know america and you're just tell us a bit about that experience of now kind of coming here and, and going through that yeah so i just attach a little bit on what you just mentioned and mm-hmm. that um um, the ability, I think the ability to um, uh, figure out a path for myself, mm-hmm. uh, not just, just not just has, having the idea, but also kind of figuring out a path. I think that I'm really bene- I really benefit from my experience from journaling in journalism. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, with yeah, you have to quickly can respond quickly to something mm-hmm. really new, and you have to look for information and kind of organize and anal- uh, analyze. And come up, come out with you begin to you have to make sense of you know all the information and begin to see a path. And so I think that was yeah, that was very, 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 very helpful. My previous career actually helped sure. me. Yeah. And uh coming to the US, I think um it's really opened up my really opened up my 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 world, my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and really one of the reasons I wanted, I decided to come to the U.S. to seek for education, because I've learned about different theory. I I received a, I think a, a year, almost a year, or maybe less than a year training in mental health. So all the basics, and I realized all the theories, all the counseling theories, they're created by people by psychologists in the U.S. And I've read. Uh, books and research and all of those, you know, uh, research and study and really exciting work are done here. We're done here. But that's that's really one, the big motivation that I came to the U.S. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting that's an, observation. I was just going to say the mm-hmm. same thing. That, that's a fascinating, I never even considered that. Ah, uh, yeah, like all but, the... But I guess it's because, you know, Melissa and I are just, you know... And this is one of those cultural bias things, right? We grow up and this has always been our experience. So we've never, never occurred to me to think, to think about something from that perspective, right? But that you're saying, I'm thinking, wow, that's like, that's an interesting, you know, point. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe I'm also biased because <laughs> there are, I think there are theories that are created by people that are not, you, uh, not from the U.S., mm-hmm. but my, I, I begin to have this impression that the, mm-hmm. um, most exciting, the modern uh, research study in terms of psychology and mental health counseling. I think they're here in the U.S. Yeah, that's really my my own experience. Yeah. So you came to study counseling in a new country, 
in a different language. Can you talk with us about what that has been like to be studying and working in a second language? Yeah. Um, wow. I, I don't even know where to start. I think when I came to the U.S., I found that was hard for me to, well, I often feel exhausted. That's the first thing that I realized. <laughs> That's the first thing I realized. How come after a whole day, I feel so tired? Mm-hmm. And I began to, sure. to, to recognize that's because I always have to, you know, and my mind always very busy trying to figure out the right expression, the words to use. Um, and um, also, I think in my first semester, a professor corrected my grammar and said she, she was really concerned because of my language, you know, because of the, yeah, my writing. Because I needed to, yeah, to 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 submit all my assignments. I think definitely there were uh, a lot of stress, a lot of difficulties, and the self doubt at the beginning. But I also, I think part of the, the benefit of uh, having a career change at this age, uh, thirty six this year, and I feel like I've experienced a lot of. I'm building a lot of resilience over the years mm-hmm. in the past. I, of course, back then when I was a journalist, I had to face confrontation, mm-hmm. refusal, you know, people don't trust me. And uh, yeah, just right now when I think about, you know, all the difficulties that, that I had to deal with right now, I feel like this is something I, I'm, I should be able to get over. And I, I believe that I continue to practice, continue to you know, to encourage myself to learn, I will make progress. You know, it's interesting. One of the things you, you've mentioned this a couple of times and um, indirectly, and I, I think it's the same point is that that jump from going from a journalist to what you're doing now as clinician, those are skills that, you know, and you, you said this, that really are um, skills that would help you in the, in the, the world as a clinician. Right, the ability to think fast, the ability to ask questions, you know, probing mm-hmm. questions, the ability to kind of compile information, bits of information that you're being provided to kind of come up with a summation um, or make a diagnosis in the, in the case of, of you know, the clinical world. That's really interesting. You had written a blog about uh, recommendations for other therapists who are working with clients in their second language. Can you talk a bit about that? Because, you know, this is such an interesting thing to, to, from your background. Talk a bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, your blog yeah. on foreign language anxiety. Sure, yeah. I think that is really personal growth, area of personal growth for me. My background in journalism and my experience in rural community building really gave me a chance to, you know, become more sensitive to social injustice issues. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. coming to the U.S., my own personal experience, my own struggle with um, the language it's not just a uh, one person feeling that. I think there is a whole population there, and um, um, I resonate with the diversity, the value of diversity, and um, I also I think I've learned a lot about, um, especially in my program in my training, I've learned about a lot about how the you the American society is trying to improve trying to make progress to make the whole uh, society more inclusive and more justice 
and there is still a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So for I I I I see that people there's a lot of criticism out there that we're not doing right, we're not doing good enough. But what I'm seeing here is an opportunity for me to to really advocate for you know for people who are not speaking English at their first as their first language, their native language. And they still have so much to bring to this society. And uh, their personality, their personal story, their culture, their wisdom from their own, you know, using their own language. And I personally feel like I can bring a lot um, to, you know, to a society that values diversity. So I think that's really why I wanted to write that article. I experienced uh, people who discouraged me or insulted me even, mm-hmm. you know, in the past uh, about my language. And I also got self-conscious. I think part of was that really coming from a culture that you really don't want to lose face mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and feel guilty, you know, don't want to bother people and make yourself, you know, a burden to other people. Okay. And I think through the um, learning about counseling, this is also a self-reflection uh, for me. And uh, I think about, I don't want to, I don't see um, those who struggle with language as burden. Then why do I see myself as a burden? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can still contribute in other ways. It's not a language that's the only thing that connects people. Uh, the nonverbal. Yeah, the energy, the background, the experience, everything can contribute to connections. That is a really profound answer. That might be one of the most profound answers I've ever heard on the on the podcast. I mean, really, that's just really, I don't know what the word is. It's really impressive. It actually makes me, raises a point, a question in my head, though, because you mentioned coming from a culture that has different cultural traditions or values, you know, than some of what you might find here. Tell me a bit about working with clients and how your own Chinese culture, how that, and through that lens, how does that play into the therapy you're doing? Yeah, I feel like there's definitely, um, there are definitely stages that I went Mm -hmm. through. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning, I was more cautious. Mm -hmm. I tried, you know, I tried, I was nervous. And sometimes I also experienced a lot of anxiety because Coming to American society, I felt like there were so many things that I don't know that I need to learn about this culture. And I think my parents and, uh, you know, people back home, they tell me, oh, you have to learn so many things, not just the language, not just counseling, but you have to learn about their history, their culture. There's so many things you have to learn to understand your client. But the more I work with my clients, I felt like, um, yes, that's true. But right there with this client, listen to them with an open mind. That's more important. That's more important. And uh, listen to their personal story. Everyone has so unique personal story. So I think I, the initial anxiety was very big, but over time I was able to feel okay with my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Of course, I continue to learn more and more. But I felt that I could accept the fact that I am a foreigner and I don't know so much about uh, American culture. I'm willing to learn and I'm very humble and I'm open 
and I uh, want to invite you to help me. And I think that's not very easy for someone as a beginning Mm -hmm. therapist, but I also think this is an opportunity to balance the power dynamic in mm-hmm. you know in a uh, therapeutic relationship and then i came i think i came to another stage that not only i feel more comfortable to be honest with my clients about you know my limits my you know limits of the knowledge here of the yeah culture and i think i'm more willing to use my own culture mm-hmm. to let my own culture come to present to this relationship. So sometimes I share with my clients something that, mm-hmm. you know, in Chinese culture is like that to kind of bring a contrast here. And I think that sometimes is really, some of the clients really appreciate that mm-hmm. and find that was really helpful for them too. And so, I think it's, well, I was going to say, I think it's been really interesting to see you do that, right? So far at our office, you've written uh, some great blogs on um, lessons from Tai Chi and really to hear this different perspective that you bring to the table because you have different experiences from a different culture and to hear the perspective that that gives you has been really interesting to see. And also even, you know, we're in the middle of planning a self-care day for therapists and you are going to be doing a Chinese tea ceremony with us. And so even hearing you talk about that Chinese tea ceremony and mindfulness and how that all connects, Um, I think it's just really cool to be able to have that perspective and that experience and to be able to bring that to the table. Yeah, I would say that it's cool to hear you say that you are finding that there are ways and they're able to bring your own, you know, um, culture and and your own experiences into your therapy session with clients. Because I think, you know, one of the, the things that sometimes happens in America that we're all guilty of, I think, is that there's a pressure when you're first new to America to kind of conform to fit in. And to kind of mm-hmm. suppress your own culture so they become more American. You know, my grandparents were immigrants and I, I know they went through that kind of experience as well. And I think it's cool to hear you be able to instead kind of play to your strengths and use your culture in a way that's actually helping to to facilitate therapy and help clients. That's a really cool thing to hear. Yeah, I think honestly, I feel like my counseling, my learning in counseling also helped me to come to that realization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's something I, I remembered from, I think a book that I read is that in the past, uh, people see American as a melting pot, right? Mm-hmm. All different culture come here and kind of get into this pot and they become one. But now we see it as a mosaic. Mm-hmm. That is, there are sure. different cultures here, and we don't necessarily have to become one, identical. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's very empowering to, mm-hmm. you know, to see myself, to see mm-hmm. my, I bring a piece of mosaic into mm-hmm. yeah, this, this society. I also feel like, tell me if this is wrong. I feel also that at the very basic level, you know, humans are humans, whether they're Chinese or American or European or whoever. And I think at the very basic level that, it would seem to me, tell me if I'm wrong, that when you're working with your clients and doing therapy, that at the very basic level, there's still the family issues and emotions and trauma and things like that that can cross cultural barriers, you know, that everybody kind of goes through some of this experience just by being human. 
Do you find that that's the case as well? Yes, yes, I think so. I think that's so true that I feel like a lot of times we're talking about a spectrum. Mm -hmm. That, uh, for example, I in my counseling training, I think we talk about how my minority minorities mm -hmm. or marginalized groups uh, mm -hmm. they tend to um, leaning towards collectivism, mm -hmm. and uh, Western culture tend to lean towards uh, individualism. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's really a spectrum. And also there is a big variation based on family. So different family, they have their own culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that the culture difference is a reference for me. And does play it play a big part role, yes, in the client's life experience. But what kind of role it play? Mm -hmm. How much the client identify their culture with their culture? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what is their struggle? in their culture, uh, with their culture, right? There's a whole complex relationship with their own culture. So that is something I don't know. I know you come from certain culture, but I don't know your relationship with mm -hmm. your, uh, your culture and your understanding of your culture. So that's a whole completely new world to me. And I need to explore that. I don't feel like I know more. Uh, I really know more just because I know so much about your culture. But I feel like I know you more as a person, as an individual, the more we interact with each other. And it sounds like also in that relationship, one, needing that interaction and two, being curious, like being curious about other people and, and wanting to be open and learning. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of the things that you're talking about are you know, I imagine that they've been hard, that they haven't been an easy feat, right? Moving away from home, going to a different country, different culture, having to operate in a different language is no easy feat, right? And Dan and I this season have been talking about challenges mental health providers have faced. And in that alone, you've faced several. Um, and I hear you saying, yeah, but I'm resilient and and I can do that, right? And I think it's important, right? Because some people, while they're having these experiences, might feel really isolated, might feel really alone. And I'm wondering, what advice might you have for other people who are, you know, maybe studying to be counselors or social workers, or they're studying, but they're studying in a new country, in a different language? What advice would you offer to them? Yeah. So I think, first of all, my own experience, really, I think my personal growth is a big part of my uh, learning to become a mental health counselor. And I think for anyone who wanted to become a mental health counselor, that personal growth um, is a big part of their learning. And uh, yes, I uh, mentioned resilience, but I think resilience is it's not just, okay, you work really hard on your own and uh, you just somehow you figure out what to do. Resilience is you know you have resources and you know you have people that you can count on and you work to build a support system mm -hmm. for yourself. So I talk a lot. I talk so much more frequently with my parents after I came to this country. And this is more of, I, yeah, I talk with them on the, on the phone. We have video chat. And I also overcome my own worries because before I uh, did not want to burden them. I did not want to let them know my, you know, my frustration, my difficulties. But now I 
decided to, I, if I want to have them support me, I need to be vulnerable with them. I need to let them know what I'm going through. So my parents, they're really supportive and they see my passion in this. And I, I talk to friends and I think building that support system, that is really the core of resilience. Resilience is, it's not just you working really hard on your own. Yeah. And another thing that I find really helpful is that to continue to see, to continue to see the difference that you make. Like, for example, when I was in uh, still at school, I was thinking about what I can do in the future, where, uh, what I want to specialize and why is this meaningful? It is important for me. And I began to you know, talk to people around me about mental health counseling, about uh, building mental health awareness. And I keep finding meaning in what I'm doing. And that's motivated me and that helped me overcome difficulties. And I all see all the homework, all the assignment. There is meaning in there because they allow me to practice what I've learned from school. And uh, I think uh, the last thing that I want to share is that um, allow yourself to feel uh, what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And it is difficult. And so admit that. Yes, mm -hmm. I admit that it's very difficult and sometimes feel very, very stressed. And that is the recognize that is the moment that you need to take a break and you need to give yourself a lot of compassion. Uh, I used to joke that I have so many self care uh, strategies when I was, you know, at school and even when I was uh, doing counseling. I have so many things around me on my table uh, the scented candle and the massage thing the tea and just everything that can give me some, you know, some, some care and make me feel, feel better. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned self-care because that's something that most of I have talked about on this podcast before we talked about that with other people and how important it is and that there are times and there are practitioners who are, you know, trying to go into become a clinician or who have a practice and are trying to grow it or start one. And it's easy to forget about self-care. So it's interesting to hear you say that you're you have that component as part of you know what helps you kind of overcome those obstacles. It's interesting to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Well, and I think it's a really important topic and something for us to be thinking about. And I appreciate you sharing all of your experiences with us today. I'm wondering now that you've had the chance to interact with you know, a community of mental health providers at school, um, outside of school. I'm wondering if you would have any advice for mental health practitioners if and when they work with people who are from other countries or who are um, doing therapy in a second language. I'm wondering if you have any advice for mental health providers in particular, ways that they can be supportive, ways that they can I don't know, do better, improve anything that you've observed? Yes. Um, I think the first thing that came to my mind is respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I honestly think respect is, is such an, I guess it's not really, I feel like it's not really talk enough in our mm -hmm. profession, but it's mm -hmm. in itself, it's very empowering. And um, so I think first thing is really respect the 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 person as a human being mm -hmm. and the trust 
that they have the they have the they have wisdom mm-hmm. and uh, their life experience. They've had wisdom coming from their life experience. Trust that they have the same. They have the ability to feel everything you feel. You know, seeing that person as a human, another human,、um, not just as a client, as a patient, as another human. And the other thing I feel like is that to acknowledge the white elephant here.、Mm. Uh, to bring this up, that I may make mistakes, I may have assumptions. I will really work hard to try to not to make assumptions.、Uh, I don't want to pretend that I know everything about your culture, but there might be time because I'm also a human being. I'm imperfect. I also make mistakes, and I want to invite them to correct me. But if they didn't do that, I respect that too, because in a therapeutic relationship, sometimes it's not that easy to trust to build that trust,、mm-hmm. so that they feel comfortable to correct me. And I can't just solely depend on them to correct me. I need to get that trust, so that they feel, you know, they they can correct me. So I think those are two things: the respect and also address the the fact that we come from different culture. And you know, if someone was going to Do a career change, right? If they decide, look, you know, I want to kind of do the same thing. I want to maybe go into the medical field. I want to become a clinician from something, you know, totally different. You know, even if there are some similarities and traits that you might need to do the job, you know, like in your case, you know, what advice would you have for someone who who wants to, you know, do that? Who's going undergoing a career change like this? I think one thing that is very important that is really takes some time. To think about this career before you make the decision,、uh, take some time. Don't rush to a decision and do some research, and、uh, especially learn about the challenges in this、uh, career. Is that something you feel like you're able to tackle, or you feel that you you can learn to to overcome? And、uh, another thing. That is to maybe find out the things that you have learned in the past that may make you a good therapist. What are the skills that you've already acquired in the past that can contribute to your new career development? And the other thing is that to build real relationship with mental health, other mental health counselors. I think that was also something I've done in the past. Before I came to the U.S., I look for mental health counselors, and I meet with them. I meet with them in person, and I talk. I ask them to share with me their career journey, difficulties, and things that they enjoyed in this career. Do a lot of, I think, do a lot of research and self-reflection. That's that's a great answer. Yes, lots of important nuggets. I I hope for people who are listening today. So we always ask people how they can find you if they're interested in learning about your work.、Um, I think they can search for my name online, and they will find me on、uh, LinkedIn and maybe some other therapist、uh, platforms. And you can definitely find Sue at LifespringCounseling.net. You can read more about her counseling services. She's being very humble, by the way. She has some great blogs that you can check out. 
and she's working on some really cool online courses as well. So that about wraps up the conversation today. Um, We thank you guys for listening and joining us today. Um, And we hope that this conversation was was as enlightening, um, inspiring, honestly, um, for you listening as it was just for me even sitting here. I can honestly say this is probably one of the best conversations we've had um, in a while. Um, So I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. As a reminder to those listening, um, if you are interested in coming on possibly, um, if you have a story or experience um, that you or an obstacle that you've overcome and you want to share it, we would love to hear from you as well. Um, You can reach out to us on our Facebook page. You can reach out to us on our webpage. There is a short, brief document we'll have you fill out. Just kind of give us some information. Well, then we'll be in touch with you um, and possibly have you on the show. Other than that, as always, reach out to us if you have questions for us. If you have comments and feedback, we'd love to hear from you. But other than that, thanks so much for joining us. Be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Protecting Your Practice podcast. Be sure to visit protectingyourpractice.com to connect with us, continue the conversation, and access additional information. As a reminder, the information on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. Listeners should contact their own attorney or paid consultant for all decisions regarding their own practice.